ladies and gentlemen, we are live! Lyrically, I'm untouchable, uncrushable. Hello, everyone. For one last time, welcome to Punch the Face Radio, and I'm your host, Brandon Stubbs. As um, I close it out here for Punch the Face Radio, this is the last show here through Blog Talk Radio and the last show for some time. I'll get more clarification on that here in a little bit, um, but it won't be a long show. Um, I don't want to kind of drag this out, um, but uh, yeah, last show. So I, I guess we'll actually start by talking boxing because that's what the show's about. Uh, uh, let's kind of just delve into what happened here earlier this morning. Now, as you know, this is actually a different time than what we would normally do uh, the show, uh, so if you're a subscriber – Sorry about all the episodes going missing. I'll explain that later. Uh, but you get this episode here after the Inouye fight here that was this morning. Uh, Inouye fought uh, Noel Inouye. Hopefully I didn't see that correctly. Probably didn't. But, hey, you guys know I'm doing the show. I can't enunciate shit. Um, Inouye fought here this morning in Japan. Fought uh, Butler. Unification bout here for all the belts at um, in his division. I think it's, what, 112 or 115 he fights at that he's um, – He's the champion. He owns all the belts there. I was, uh, Butler had a belt. Inouye had the other three. Unification bout. I- I'll say this. Um, Butler did a lot of um, fighting off of the ropes. He-, he did move around a lot. Inouye did a good job at times of, clo- of you know cutting off the ring. But uh, for the most part, it was a lot of really nondescript action. Uh, for a vast majority of the fight uh, before finally the body shots in a way was able to get in. Um, he scored one and actually ended up getting the stoppage in the 11th round. Uh, but for the most part, I mean, it was in a way was winning the fight. It was a dominant performance on his behalf, but it wasn't the volume of violence that we're accustomed to seeing from him. But uh, Butler really didn't to, to Butler's credit. He did his part to where, um, he didn't stay in the line of fire too long, so uh, you, you have to give him kudos for that, for uh, not putting himself in harm's way, <laughs> probably the best way of describing it. Um, but in that same token, in that same breath, he didn't do enough from a offensive aspect uh, to have any chance of winning any of the, any of the rounds whatsoever. So um, a, a very precise win by in a way, no damage suffered, no cuts, looks like he came out completely healthy. 11 rounds with the domination when he finally got the stoppage in the 11th. Now, that begs us to think of what's next for Inouye because, you know, that's kind of what us in boxing media do and fans do is we think of, okay, he's now won this. What's going to be next for him? And he's made it abundantly clear. He is moving up in weight, and his target is Stephen Fulton, which, quite honestly, I love that fight. I don't think it's um, as tough of a fight for Inouye as some may think. Think it may be. Um, I'm not saying he blows him out or anything like that. I'm not going to make it sound like you know Fulton's a bum, but I do think from a skill aspect, I think in a way, it's a couple notches better than him from that aspect. But that's what we fight the fights, and I think that's what's going to make this an extremely interesting fight uh, come 
uh, sometime here in 2023, and we, we can hope that actually occurs because in a way, he's vacating the belt. He's going to move up in weight. Uh, right now, Stephen Fulton's a guy with real no, no dance partners. He's been trying to unify, uh, but MJ, whose name I know I'm not going to – I'm going to completely butcher and misenunciate, not even going to uh, attempt to, uh, has been injured, and they can't get that fight done. So now Fulton's just um, – Fulton's just kind of hanging out like he's he's a guy with no dance partner. And uh, it's a shame because he fought here in June, and that's going to be his long fight here of uh, 2022. And nothing really on the horizon for him coming up soon. Now, obviously, uh, uh, release Salim makes sense, and he's a top contender, I want to say, for the WBC portion here of the Super Bantamweight belts. But I don't know if that's a – for Fulton, that's a low – low reward, high risk fight to where does he take that now? Does he take more of a, a risk in attempting to unify the belts? Does he take more of a risk in trying to make a super fight with in a way than fighting, fighting one of the actual mandatories? And I think that's going to be now a very interesting thing uh, to look at as we look at 2023 and what may be to come here for those guys. But we know in a way is moving up in weight. Uh, he is coming to 122. And um, just get ready. And I think that's going to be great for him for that. You know, he did struggle a little bit making weight. Uh, he did have to go back and kind of run a couple sprints, drop a, a few ounces, and was able to make weight here for the fight. Uh, but it is clear that, you know, his time here and in that division uh, is a wrap. He's gotten all the four belts, so it's, it's no need to uh, continue to stay there here in the Bantamweight division. So uh, move up. Move up to better challenges and what have you now. Uh, there is a feeling in, in, in being interviewed from by Bob Aram over the weekend that in a way we'll have a fight here in America at some juncture next year. I will openly say this. Now, as I'm quitting the show and, and moving on to um, different things, and it'll still include boxing, um, in a way it's one of the guys who's literally on the bucket list to still watch in person. Uh, I got robbed of that opportunity here due to COVID back in 2020 when he was going to face uh, Casemiro. So, yeah, was Casemiro? Yeah, Casemiro in, 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 uh, in Vegas. And obviously that got canceled due to uh, COVID and pandemic. And I didn't get a chance to see him here in America. And that's the one of the lone fighters I want to see in person uh, box. So if that is going to be the situation here in 2023, that he's going to fight in America, come hell or high water, I will be there. I will go watch in a way fight in America for sure. So we have that to look forward to. But, again, he picked up the win. He's now unified champion here in the Bantamweight division. Congratulations to him. Shows that he is still, uh, if not number one, number two, pound for pound in boxing today. So let's talk about the guy who uh, may now be you know, right behind him or in front of him, depending on what aspect you look at, and that's one Terrence Crawford. Uh, Terrence Crawford had his uh, famed fight here on BLK Prime over the weekend up in Anaheim, uh, I say Anaheim, up in Omaha against David Adavizian. You know, getting a stoppage in the sixth round. Uh, Adavizian, you know, held his own the first couple of rounds and, and wasn't completely getting embarrassed, but you could kind of tell that Crawford was figuring some things out here and there and then was able to get the a very vicious KO win in the sixth round. If you haven't seen the video of that, I, I suggest definitely finding that because it was, it was brutal. I mean, it, it's definitely uh, Terrence Crawford nature. Uh, but, again, that just keeps a long streak of um, stoppages around. I mean, the last guy that actually went 12 rounds with him was Victor Postal uh, back in 2016. So we're now talking here six years of fights and six years worth of stoppages. No one has made it the full 12 rounds against him. Um, David Benav- excuse me, Joseph Benavides Jr. went 12 rounds, but getting stopped in the 12th. So he's the closest to actually finishing a fight uh, with Terrence Crawford. 
Crawford said afterwards that he's definitely still exploring the fight here with Earl Spence. Look, I believe that when I see that. I, I honestly think when I do come back to doing whatever kind of uh, boxing talk that I do here next year, that fight's still not going to be any close to being done. Um, oddly enough, the same time, not, not exactly the same time, but on Saturday, uh, as we were talking about Terrence Crawford and his fight in, in, up in uh, Omaha, I say up in Omaha because north of me, uh, one Earl Spence was in a car accident. Go figure. Car, uh, car accidents and Earl Spence are kind of uh, synonymous at this point. As uh, a 14-year-old who stole his father's car, uh, driving, and an opinion Spence head-on. Luckily, Spence came out uninjured, um, but again, this is yet another car accident, um, high speed being involved. Uh, luckily, it's not Spence's fault. This young man ran a let, red light and ended up hitting him head-on, so it could have been a lot worse, especially if you've seen the car uh, and, and Spence being on Instagram live talking, and it could have ended really bad, but thankfully it didn't. But we'll see what actually happens next with him. Spence still has a uh, a fight we presume is going to be against Keith Thurman. Nothing's been announced. Uh, no platform has been set on where that's going to be on. But all signs point to that being his next opponent. So we'll see how that works out here in 2023. I ain't really looking too much too forward to that because I think Keith Thurman's washed at this point. Um, Keith Thurman cut his ponytail, got married had kids and he's just not the same uh, the inactivity the car accidents the elbow injuries have just it's washed him to where I, I have no confidence that he could beat Errol Spence I have no confidence he can beat really uh, a Terrence Crawford a Jerome Ennis at this point a Virgil Ortiz at this point uh, any of the top guys in the division I don't have any confidence that he can beat and I, I stand by that so we'll see what actually happens with that but that looks to be a fight that you'll get at some juncture here in 2023 uh, also in that other card on the Terrence Crawford fight, um, you had uh, Chris Cyborg, who made her pro debut, but wasn't a pro debut. A lot of convolutedness with that in regards to her first fight she had in Brazil here earlier this year, uh, being in boxing, that is. Uh, but she picked up a nice decision, went over, uh, I think her name was Gabby. Was it Gabby Hall? She fought up on the sentence, that young lady's name. I know she also does MMA. So, um, But, yeah, so... Cyborg picked up a win there, picked up a decision win. Uh, Gabby Holloway, Holloway, I knew it was something uh, like that. Uh, she picked up a win. Um, Steve Nelson picked up a win, former uh, top-ranked fighter along with Terrence Crawford. He ended up getting cut here uh, over the summer. So he picked up a win, and, um, yeah, that's that's all that was really of note there, there on that card. And at the same time, you had a card from top rank from Madison Square Garden, headlined by Tima Lopez versus son, uh, Sandor Martin. And it was kind of like what we thought it would be. Uh, Martin, and, and this is the thing. Um, Tiafimo Lopez, I, I just have to call it what it is. He seems like he's batshit crazy. Like, he really seems mentally off. And I'm not trying to say that to be funny. I'm not trying to say that to mock him. He seems totally off. And... I don't know what can be done to fix it for the simple fact of I don't believe he thinks he has a problem, and that's where the problem entails. He, I don't think he fully, honestly gets it, and I think with him – and I think I've even said this before on the show, but damn it, I'll say it here. It's the last show. You know, it is what it is. I think in his case, he got so much, so soon, so much hype around him so quickly that he didn't know how to deal with it. 
His team around him didn't know how to deal with it. And what ended up happening was between the people around him, the people at top rank and the fans, all just inflating his ego, not telling him no, and it, 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 they created a monster, no, no pun intended. And I know from speaking to people in top rank, they're really regretting kind of the way some of the things moved with him. Um, and, and some of the decisions that were made by him outside of the ring, but it's nothing they could help. Um, and, you know, when they renegotiated his deal, when he had had the first bid with the, uh, whole stuff with Matchroom and with, uh, Triller, when he was the fight getting, getting pushed back to move here, when he was facing at George Cambosis, they ended up redoing his contract with top rank, you know, it was supposed to be big deal and, and big stuff for him after, the Cambosis fight because it's supposed to be a done deal and him winning, and it didn't didn't end up happening that way. And now they're kind of stuck with each other. I, I mean, he picked up a win against Sandor Martin. He didn't look good. I honestly thought, worst case, the fight should have been a draw. I didn't think Tiafimo Lopez won. Uh, he did do a little bit better as the fight wore on. Uh, the last two rounds, I think, probably ended up sealing his fate. He ended up picking up the win due to that. Uh, the scores by the judges being uh, 94-95 for Martin and then 96-93, 97-92 for Lopez. There was no way that should have been a 97-92. Uh, by, by, I don't know what that judge saw. Like I said, I have no beef with it being a draw, but even still then, it's going to be hard for a draw when Martin scored a knockdown early in the fight, scored a second knockdown, but he didn't get credit for it. And give Martin tons of credit for this as well. Martin of getting his nose broke due to a headbutt early in the fight and fought through it. And, I mean, never had any issues. The blood never seemed to bother him. Breathing out of his mouth never seemed to bother him. He kept the same pace for the most part, uh, kept the same action, you know, the same check right hook. Uh, he was landing landing the same stuff consistently, and, and the adjustments weren't being made by Tiafima Lopez. The advice and what he was being told in his corner, he wasn't listening to. He wasn't going out executing. And I think this is all going to be stuff that's going to be his downfall. Um, you know, he's caught on audio after the fight saying, do I still got it? And then, you know, he's posting things on social media today knowing, saying he knows he still has it and all this other stuff. Like I said, the guy I said last week, and this is the best way of describing him, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm not trying to be mean, but he is squirrely. Like he is completely and utterly squirrely. Um, I don't know what they do with him from here. Like, you know, he's calling out wanting these people and wanting champions. The way that he fought this weekend, Regis Prograde would destroy him. The way he fought this weekend, Josh Taylor should beat him by quite a few points, maybe even put him down on his butt a couple times. Jose Ramirez will probably also beat him. Um, Tank and Ryan Garcia... I also would say at this point are, are ahead of him. It's the thing is this: it's it's a legitimate chance, and I, I hate to say this out loud, but it's a very legitimate chance that Tiafimo Lopez at age 25 is already plateaued. It's a very legitimate chance, and again, a lot of it is going to be self-provoked, not provoked, self uh, self-inflicted. That's the word I want to use. Um, you know, I think you know he stays in shape. He works out. He's showing himself working out after the fight with a, a, a kind of a bruised right eye. You know, he, he's still out there working out and posting on social media. But I don't think mentally he gets it, and, and I think that's the, the biggest problem. Um, honestly, I believe Top Rank's going to cash him out. 
I think Top Rank's going to cash him out, and that's going to be the end of him, you know, first portion of next year, whether it be sometime second quarter or what. Uh, I think they're going to be done with him because he's kind of a headache. You know, he didn't sell massive amounts of tickets this past weekend there at Madison Square Garden. So there was, were empty seats. You know, he wasn't a major draw like that, and I don't think even the opponent change had anything to do with it one way or the other. Even if it was Pedraza, I don't think it would have been um, uh, being a big deal. So, um, yeah, I, I I think they cash him out. I think they may, he, he whether he likes it or not, unless he signs, you know, decides not to sign off on it, I think the opponent next is going to be on Barboza, and I think Barboza is going to beat him. Now, the caveat to that would be this, which could work out in top ranks' favor. You know, if Barbosa is the toughest opponent they can get for him, that's a non-titleist, and somehow Tiafimo Lopez can turn the corner and look good there, okay, then that kind of hits the reset button on his last few outings. But if he struggles, even if he wins, I, I think that says a lot about him as a fighter. I mean, he's, he's struggling here at 140 and um, just not looking good. So I, I don't know what to make of Teofimo Lopez anymore besides him just being completely and utterly squirrely. Um, so I, I wish him the best. I wish him definitely the best from a mental health aspect, um, a, a personal life aspect, because you can tell there's 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 issues there. There's a lot of other stuff that you can kind of see Saturday night as well um, that things aren't right. And I hope the best for him, but I have a feeling this is going to end badly. It's going to go down in flames. It's going to end so bad. But Again, this is a lot of it's going to be on him. It's his decision as to whether he wants to continue this pathway or not. So we shall see. And it's it's sad that I'm saying this here as we do this last show because you know Lopez was the guy we were high on. Lopez is probably the my favorite interview we've had here on the show, uh, which you know he talked about the brothels when he was down in Rio at the Olympics, and uh, Anthony Joshua going into one and and not completing that story, which I. I I eventually want the the rest of that story, so we'll see. But I wish him the best of luck going forward. And you never know when I pop back up and do uh, shows again, we'll we'll see where Tiafimo Lopez is at career wise. Uh, you also had Jared Anderson picking up a win over Jerry Forrest. He ended up stopping him, uh, which was a big deal. Keyshawn Davis ended up stopping Juan Carlos Bargos, uh, which is also a big deal. He was the first person ever uh, at stopping. He won a unanimous decision. Uh, Sanders Zayas picked up a win. Uh, Tiger Johnson picked up a win as well on the undercard. Uh, I'd say Keyshawn Davis, granted, he he didn't get the stoppage, but I thought he probably looked um, the most calm out of those and definitely a big step up for him and also Jared Anderson. Jared Anderson got hit. You know, he showed some um, uh, defensive inefficiencies, but he knows he can pop, and I guess he took Jerry Forrest's best shot and wasn't really scared by it. Makes me a little worried as he steps up in competition, but it also shows me that the guy doesn't fear much. Look, I said on last week's show, and I'll say it again, and I even tweeted on Saturday, feed this guy Daniel Dubois. Now, whether Dubois wants that fight, that's different, but I think right now, at at this point, Jared Anderson could be Daniel Dubois, and that's the, the level of competition they need to be looking at for him. Uh, start start aiming for those guys. Now, I know they're no, in a rush for the simple fact of, you know, top rank still in bad with Tyson Fury, and Tyson Fury is still the heavyweight champion. Um, so 
and and also you know Fury has used Anderson as a sparring partner, so I don't know if they're ready to quite build up a fight like that. Um, and and I mean I'm not saying that would even happen even in the next you know year and a half or so, but you know if, if he keeps beating guys and beating guys who are secondary title holders like Dubois is or, and guys who are highly ranked by these sanctioning bodies. It's going to happen sooner than later. They're going to have to make that decision. I think Jared Anderson is definitely showing he can be that guy. So it will be very interesting to see who they match him up against next to where he goes next. But definitely Jared Anderson is showing he is the real deal in the heavyweight division and definitely America's next great heavyweight. It's him. Uh, There's no gray area about that. There's nobody else there that can take that label. He is the guy. Uh, He is the best American heavyweight we have. So, uh, definitely, uh, he sent it the year with a bang and, and very impressed by that young man. So we'll be interested to see his continued growth and his pathway uh, going forward here in the heavyweight division. So salute to Jared Anderson picking up a win. But that was this weekend's fight. So, I mean, we, we had some uh, interesting action, to say the least. Uh, oh, yeah, and Josh Warrington also lost. He lost a, a majority decision to Luis Alberto Lopez. Uh, and that was uh, losing his... Uh, his championship here in the uh, featherweight division, his IBF title. So word is already that Lopez uh, versus um, McConlin, who also had a fight, kind of flew under the radar over the weekend. He won his fight. That'll probably be the fight they'll make somewhere over there in uh, in the U.K. area because Conlon can't travel to the U.S. because of the whole MTK Global link up. So, uh, yeah, so you'll see that over there to where Lopez is the world champion but may actually have to go um, – outside the U.S. to make his title defense, which is crazy if you think about that, but hey, whatever. Uh, so yeah, so you all have that here that'll set up here next year at some juncture. So speaking of next year, so as me and Adam talked a little bit here last week about the future of the show and what have you, let me kind of give a, a little bit more clarification as more as, as now is this the final, sh- as this is the final show and I'm kind of arranging some things. Here's kind of the, the timeline I have plotted out because uh, I've gotten some tweets here on social media asking me what's next. Is it the last show? What am I doing? Um, so here's kind of the basis of why I'm ending the show. Really for two two really specific reasons. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of start with the first one because it, it leads to the second one. Uh, the first one is Blog Talk Radio's shit. So I know I'm broadcasting on their platform now, but they're complete ass. Um, as anyone who's listened to the show throughout the years have knows that a lot of technical difficulties with them, a lot of audio issues with them. Uh, at one time, someone say the audio sound like AM radio, and which is crazy because we both have high dollar microphones that at the time can't work with the system. Um, you know, we're calling in from our cell phones. Hell, I'm, I'm using expensive headphones. Even with that, still crap sounding audio. Uh, we've had callers trying to call in, guests trying to call in, couldn't connect on the first try, messaging me, hey, I'm trying to call it won't go because of their technical issues. So new platform has to be found to do the show going forward. That's That's part of the reason why I'm leaving. The second part, which kind of is – Part of the headache with the first part is I just need a break. I, I need some mental time to just decompress and get away from boxing, and I get away from doing this every week. What people don't realize is when you do a show for over six years and you're doing a show weekly for six years, literally taking off 
maybe three to four weeks a year, if that. Typically, just one week here during my birthday, depending on you know when I leave on vacation, when my birthday falls, and um, typically during Christmas, like the week of Christmas, depending on when it falls. So, you know, for the most part, doing a show every week, every year for the past six years, that gets very tiresome. It wears on you, it wears on you mentally, uh, especially when you have to deal with a lot of people in boxing who are complete and utter assholes. Now, I'm trying my best. You can probably hear my tone of my voice. Not to completely lambaste people, completely burn bridges. That I, I don't. Part of me, I really want to do that. I just really want to just lay into people who are just too, for lack of a better term, kind of wanting me to kiss their ass to get people on the show, and I'm just not going to do. So, fuck it. I'll just explain a little bit of it. As you can probably tell by the show. We've never had many, if any, BBC fighters on the show. And the reasoning behind that is, quite honestly, a lot of the people who are directly associated with these fighters uh, wanted you to kiss their ass and, and kind of constantly beg out for them and, and, do a, and, and, and interview fighters who aren't – here's the thing. I, again, this is where it gets kind of convoluted. But if I want fighter A – Sometimes I have to interview fighter A, B, and C who maybe I'm not interested in an interview. Maybe I don't want the content from them. You know, I understand everyone needs to start somewhere, but I feel that I put in the work to where I don't have to do the remedial stuff to get to certain people. Like, I've put in my work, whether it's been the six years here, whether it was the two, three years I worked for um, – for Bad Culture Radio, doing the podcast there, covering MMA, doing the um, 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 the Ruckus podcast, doing boxing there. I put in my work. So I'm not going to do some of the stuff that these people want. And I'm also not going to submit questions to somebody before I interview them to make sure they like that's not real journalism. And a lot of that does occur with this. You have people who will, you'll reach out to who are PR directors uh, for fighters and say, yeah, can you send us all the questions you're going to ask ahead of time? Like, I, I don't function off that. Granted, yes, I write down my questions, but depending upon their answers, there may be follow-up questions to that. And I'm sorry if somebody can't think quick enough on their feet to answer follow-up questions to a question I asked to where you have to send them a list of questions. Uh, we've also had people and um, uh, we've also had people um, well, MTK Global, for example, no longer exists. Uh, we had one of their PR people say, your show isn't big enough. Mind you, the people that I reached out to to have them on the show, they're American fighters who aren't – you don't see them anywhere. You see no publicity about them. So it, it's stuff like that that gets extremely frustrating that you just get, a, you just get tired of it, and you're tired of dealing with that. Oddly um, enough, the same thing happened covering MMA. But I'll also say this. There are some fantastic people that I've worked with. For starters, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention again Adam Abramowitz um, from day one, from, from start to finish, has been there, has been amazing. Can't say enough great things about Adam, and I'm glad that he's been able to use this pr uh, platform of this to expand his listening audience even more and, and people hearing more about Saturday Night Boxing. And I always say he's a fantastic writer. Like he does a great job. 
And I'm glad that he's been able to get even more attention to him by using his voice. People saw his words, but now they got to hear his voice talk about boxing. I thought that was phenomenal and great. And I'm glad that he was able to be a part of this. And I appreciate him so much. And I can't stress that shit enough. Uh, I will say this in the whatever version of the show or version of whatever I do next, Adam will be a part of it. I'm telling you now, Adam will be there. Uh, to what extent? We'll figure that out as the time goes. But last week's show is not the last time you're going to hear me and Adam talk boxing together. I can guarantee that. Uh, we'll map that out. We'll figure that out down the line. So next year, you'll hear me and Adam again. Hell, you may even see us again um, next year. So shout out to Adam Abramowitz. Another person I definitely want to thank for for uh, for a lot of things in regards uh, to boxing and, and even getting guests on the show. That's Evan Korn. Evan Korn gets a lot of shit from people on social media, which is completely unnecessary. Evan's actually a real good dude. Now, if you don't know who Evan Korn is, Evan's, um, I could probably pull up his full title, but he's the PR guy for Top Rank. Uh, one year, I tweeted out that my wish list for the following year was to actually get Top Rank fighters on. I think that was after maybe year one or two of the show. I think it might have been the first year. Evan saw this. Evan had never met me. Evan knew nothing about me. Evan DM'd me and said, we'll get you some fighters on. And sure enough, he did. Now, throughout the course of that time, we got T.F. Lopez on the show, Timo Herring on the show, Gabe Flores, uh, Edgar Berlanga's done the show. It's been a lot of the the young guys who are now champions, former champions, um, prospects, whatever label you want to call them, that were part of top ranks kind of – Building up of doing, um, you know, building up when they were first going on ESPN Plus on uh, ESPN. And a lot of those fighters were part of that. And Evan, you know, kept, you know, sending guys out there to me and sending guys to come do the show. And I can't thank Adam, uh, Adam <laughs> for that. Evan uh, hooking me up and that relationship. Uh, same way with uh, being able to cover fights for the top. Something, I have a question. Corn hooks me up, looks out for me, and is a good dude. So Evan's my guy. I can't let people say shit about him because he's always looked out for me. So shout out to Evan Corn. Shout out to the good people at Top Rank because Top Rank is always treating me good. So shout out to them. Shout out to my man Carl, uh, who may have possibly gotten my man <laughs> Coach Larry Shadow banned from Twitter. We don't know. But, but Carl's a good dude as well um, there at Top Rank. So they've always treated me well and looked out for me. Same way for Ernie at uh, Golden Boy. Ernie is another one that I'd, uh, I'd actually said something about getting Golden Boy fighters on. Ernie reached out to me. Ernie helped hook that up. And it was a lot of things, a lot of people who came on during uh, the pandemic time because Golden Boy wanted to keep their fighters and their name out there. Ernie was hooking that up and reaching out to me and saying, hey, you want to get so-and-so on? You want to get so-and-so on? Um, Eric Gomez came on and did the show, did a phenomenal job. You know, that's Golden Boy's uh, vice president. You know, that's the guy right behind. Uh, my guy Roberto Diaz has uh, done the show as well. The match, matchmaker there uh, for Golden Boys done the show. So Golden Boys also done right by me as well. Uh, again, when I reached out to him and needed anything, they hooked me up. I, I can't thank those guys enough as well. Uh, Emily P, I can't thank her enough. Emily's always been a complete sweetheart. Um, I plan on seeing you, Emily, here for um, for Plant Benavidez. I'm going to be there. I don't know when it's going to be. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for that fight. So Emily P uh, is another one who's been a, 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 been a friend and helped me out with things here with the show. Amy Green as well, uh, another uh, PR 
person, she got me my first interview with Devin Haney when Devin Haney was doing smaller shows down in Atlanta uh, and, and kind of building his profile up. So uh, she helped hook that up. So salute to Amy Green. Um, so, yeah, you know, just those are kind of the few people I definitely want to point out who were kind of the back channels of helping me get things together and get guests on here to the show. So I appreciate them. I definitely to make sure uh, positive notes in regards to that, because those are the people I still plan on uh, reaching out to and doing stuff with here in the future. You know, it, it is what it is with uh, some of these other promotions. The, the funny thing is this. I think I'd said maybe two months ago. Maybe even sooner. I don't know if it was two months ago. Maybe I know it's at least here in the last two months that the show was coming to an end. Out of nowhere, I started getting on the uh, PR list for Matchroom Boxing. Mind you, Matchroom Boxing has been around for well, years, but really making a um, a foot, you know, two to three years. You know, part of their zone deal. I don't know how long ago I signed to become a part of their email list. And literally never heard anything. And then out of the blue here in the last month or so, I've been getting flooded with emails from Matchroom Boxing. Very ironic. Uh, <laughs> as we come to the show, come to the end of the show, and then that starts coming out. Go figure. So uh, it's just, just strange things like that that have uh, occurred here from time to time. But it is what it is. You, ta- you have to take the good with the bad. Uh, so, meh, it is what it is. So, as I said, you know, what is the next step for? So, well, there's a couple of different ideas that I'm working with, and obviously, um, these are time away from maybe coming to fruition, but there is a chance the show may just end up on Twitch. Um, I don't know if the world's ready to see me and Adam's face on a uh, consistent basis, but that may be the route we go going forward. We may do the show on Twitch. Uh, we may just do an audio show, a shorter show here on another streaming platform where we record it and upload it. But uh, there will be something. There more than likely won't be a return for me on a regular basis doing any sort of podcasting work until sometime March of 2023, uh, as I plan on taking the rest of this month off, all of January, and, and really kind of getting the ball rolling in February as to what the next move will be. Uh, but that is something that the idea I'm playing with is possibly doing something on Twitch going forward. So um, if you know any ideas, if you're a listener to the show and you've been following me on social media, feel free to tweet me if you have any ideas uh, as to where you want to see me and Adam going forward and how uh, frequent you want to see us, whether it be something biweekly, whether it be something once a month. You know, that that's still stuff and ideas we're playing with and just seeing what our schedules look like come next year. Adam has now a growing family. And family's always going to come first, and I respect and I love that. But he'll be a part of the show in one way, shape, or another when it does get relaunched here next year. But I'm not going to be completely nowhere to be found between now and my return to, I guess, quasi-regular podcasting. There is a YouTube channel. This YouTube channel doesn't have a ton of content on it. Um Oddly enough, I didn't realize I still had it. Uh, but there is some content on here from this year that I've produced, and I plan on actually producing a little bit more on that here going forward and maybe even seeing how that works in regards to the platform for me. So literally go to YouTube and just type in Brandon Stubbs. You'll find the YouTube channel there. Um, the initial plan here is um, gambling tips in regards to boxing. For those who really know me, um, hashtag easy money. We like to gamble over here. Um, 
Not so much when I'm in Vegas. That's the craziest thing as much as I go. Um, not so much out there in Vegas, but I like to use the sports books online here and through the apps now since it's legal in my state. Uh, but I definitely want to give some gambling tips here to people is, you know, whether uh, what plays make the most sense, uh, you know, outcomes of fights, kind of giving you some ideas on where you can make the best bang for your buck in boxing and betting. So boxing, betting, yeah. There we go. Bang for your buck, boxing, betting. That's that's a lot of bees. So that's something you're going to probably see more of on YouTube here in the coming months. Uh, as we have more notable fights that are announced and are made, you'll hear me and see me on YouTube talking about those and telling you where the money's at in regards to some of those cards. Um, you know, we'll have um, um, what's his name here? Javante um, Davis will have a fight here soon. Uh, we just got announced Tim Zhu and, and Charlo. Uh, as well here for next, I can say next month because we're in December for next month. So uh, you'll, you'll definitely see some YouTube videos in regards to that and, and where you should put down a couple of bucks to make a couple bucks back. So uh, that's something I'm really passionate about and something I definitely like talking about is more gambling. Um, <laughs> I, and I'll, I'll, as I say in the videos, if you lose money, it's not my fault. This is for entertainment purposes only, uh, but something definitely uh, you'll see and hear more of here come 2023. So no matter what extent podcasting will be at and all that is something that will be a lot more preeminent, preeminent, if I ain't going say that right, you'll see more of it uh, come next year. So uh, hang tight. That'll be the content that'll go there uh, for next year. Episodes go. If you're a subscriber here to, to us on any streaming platform, uh, and if you're going back and like, oh, let me listen to some old episodes since Brandon's leaving, and you're like, where do they all go? Well, um, <laughs> funny story. So with regards to Block Talk Radio and the contractual agreement I have with them, I can only keep so many hours of the show here on their site. Uh, otherwise than that, um, they I couldn't cancel out my contract. So. I had to delete out – I had to – let me rephrase that. I had to download and then delete out over 370 hours worth of shows. That was over 300 episodes in total. Um, had to download that here uh, before midnight tonight. So midnight here, uh, Tuesday the 13th of December. So uh, I – had to pretty much stay up all Monday night, which worked out because the Inouye fight card uh, came on on ESPN+. Plus. So uh, I was downloading episodes and archiving those and then deleting other stuff off of Blog Talk Radio um, before the contractual agreement is over. So um, that's why it kind of seemed, you know, I planned on doing the last show at the end of the year, but just contractual obligations and, and set up with them, it just, I, I had to cut it off. If I didn't cut it off, it was going to cost more money and just wasn't interested in that I'm hosting uh, the platform and hosting the show on their platform. So that's why if you're looking for any of the episodes, you're not going to see me there. The ones that did stay are some of my favorites uh, that I was kind of able to weed through. Like I said, the CFE Malone's interview is there. The Lou DiBella interview is there. The Joe DeGuardia interview of Star Boxing is there, which will always stand out in infamy as Adam asked him about uh, one trade and Joe's energy completely changed and we found out the following day that he got bought in a bus contract there at Starboxing which would totally explain Joe's uh, reaction to the question about the uh, Demetrius Android so that was always one of my favorite ones uh, Mario Barrios who's uh, done the show I think one of his shows uh, one of his episodes is saved um, 
so yeah, it's, it's some of my favorite episodes that are part of there, but the female a part of that, some of the pandemic episodes that Adam had talked about last week, uh, they're part of that as well. So if you uh, want to kind of listen to some of our favorites, they're there. So that's the 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 few that I could keep from a time aspect still up there. Uh, the other 80-plus episodes, I don't know exactly where I'm going to put them at or what I'm going to do with them, uh, but they're safe to a hard drive. So they're around. Uh, we'll figure out where, where, <laughs> what I can do with them next, uh, if I can convert into episodes on I don't know because of the theme music and all that and YouTube's kind of weird and eh, we'll, we'll figure that out we'll figure that out as time comes but uh they're all there and they'll eventually get uploaded somewhere to live in infamy going forward with that that being stated that's that's pretty much all I have again I, I feel like I've gotten a little bit long-winded here even talking here tonight but um I want to do this last show and again I, I just want to Without getting emotional here, I just want to thank everyone. I want to thank everyone who's been a part of the show, whether you've been a listener, whether you've been a hater. Um, I appreciate you nevertheless because um, if you hate it, that means you still listened. So thanks. Uh, but if you're a loyal listener, I do definitely appreciate it. I appreciate all the positive uh, feedback that I've received throughout the years of doing the show. Um, you know, I've always said this show was my therapy. This was my midweek therapy uh, to talk about boxing, to talk about something I enjoyed. Um, and it has been. It has been very therapeutic to do the show, but uh, all good things do come to an end. And like I've said before, this isn't goodbye. This is just to see you later. Uh, I will be back in some form or fashion to talk boxing on a regular basis and let my opinions be known. So um, I, I can't thank everyone enough for the love and support throughout these years. It's been six years. It's been it's, it's, it's had its ups, it's had its downs, it's had its success, it's had its failures, um, but I'm still here, and um, the name will continue on somewhere, some way, somehow. So with that being stated, folks, um, one last plug run. Make sure Adam Abramowitz at S- SN Boxing. Wow, I had like something in my throat there, so. Follow Adam on Twitter at SNBoxing, uh, SaturdayNightBoxing.com. Again, Adam's a phenomenal writer. Uh, you can read all those articles, and you can definitely uh, agree with that for yourself. But phenomenal writer. Shout out to Adam Abramowitz, and again, a, a huge thank you to him for all that he's done for the show and done for me. I appreciate you, Adam, and I love you. Thank you so much. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, which honestly I'll probably be a little bit less active over the next two things uh brandon p2tf on twitter so brandon punch to the face twitter uh, and make sure you go subscribe to the youtube channel there here in the coming weeks and coming months it's literally just brandon stuff very easy uh you, the the icon is me in a picture of my one of my favorite mma fighters king mo king mo the wall shout out to king mo um so yeah so that's it so one last time i will say this to everyone I want everyone to stay safe, stay blessed, love one another. That's the only way we'll get through anything in life, folks. Until I see you again or you hear me again, this is Brandon Stubbs, and I am out.